feeling the Lord's presence in this place, and he's speaking to you and encouraging you. I was thinking, uh, you know, as we're in, in the service, I forgot I was a pastor of this church for a few minutes, because I was just like, man, this church is really rocking. This is cool, all these people. I'm like, I'm just like taking it all in, like, come on, let's go. And, uh, but, you know, when, we, uh, when you leave this place, uh, in a minute I want to talk about vision, but when we leave the, my vision for when you would leave this place every Sunday is that you got a touch from heaven that your spirit is connected with God, your spirit is overflowing, your Holy, the Holy Spirit is upon you, but also that your soul, your soul was refreshed and renewed. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. I want your mind to be renewed when you leave today. I want some old stinking thinking broken off, some new revelational truth walking out the door with you because that will change your life, and also that you relationally were connected that you're hugged, that you're welcomed, that you were smiled at, that you you have you you that your relational life was is 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 enriched. You know what I mean? This is the full package uh, on Sunday morning, right? It's not just like this way, just us and God. It's also this way, uh, us together, and and that's what makes church so important to our lives. That's why we need to keep this a priority in our lives. That's why God said every week get together. I have something for you and I have something for you through someone else. And that's what we need. We need this. Doesn't it feel good? Um, and so, yes, pastor, yes. Woo! Yes, it does. All right, you guys want to help me with something? Um, the last couple of days, I've been doing these one to three minute videos, and I'm, I'm working through this book here called The 77 Irrefutable Truths of Ministry, that uh, one of the books that Dr. Larry Kefauver has written. He was speaking last Sunday here at church. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's meant to just keep a daily reminder to our leaders, but also anybody else who's subscribing. Yesterday, I was at the state meet, and I did a video there. How many of you, anybody see that one on Facebook? So I'm at the state meet, I'm like, I'm going to do the video right here, you know, and talking about how um, the principle of ministry is that it's not a one-man show or a one-man band, but it's a team. And so I got my team there, and it was just perfect time to do something like that, you know. And I was talking about, I, I, I did it in front of the team, and then one of the parents, uh, you know, of the, of the students who was there watching this happen, after I was done, I'm like, yeah, I'm just doing these little videos, I was just explaining what I was doing to it. You know, oh, yeah. She's like, I know, I've been following you. I'm like, oh, really? Cool. So there's people, you know, that are, are, are uh, kind of just getting these daily reminders of, uh, of what's important in life. So you guys want to help me do the filming right now? Let's do it. So I'm going to give you the, the, the filming, and I just do these, I just do these on a whim, uh, not a lot of preparation, and it's a one-take deal. So whatever happens, happens. If you, wanna, if you want, you know, I don't know if you want to move or not, but I'm going to be going like this. I'm going to do a little selfie, and, and uh, I'm going to teach you guys just a, a one-minute to two-minute talk on vision. So if anybody wants to move, you can. Are you guys ready? Now, I don't know what I'm going to do, so just if I throw something at you, just do something with it. Sound good? You guys ready? Come on, let's be fun. Come on, get excited. Okay. All right, let me get my camera working here. All right, you never know what's going to happen here at church. All right, here we go. All right, I'm going to be uh, doing this. Uh, see how you know, people back there. Here we go. Oh, that's a picture. I just took a picture of ourselves. Wrong button. All right, that's what I want. Yeah. Am I rolling? No, I'm not. Here we go. Hey, as Pastor Tim here Sunday morning at the Lamb of God Fellowship. Yeah. Woo. All right. We're at the, fir we're at the first service here, and uh, we're continuing our, our uh, principles of ministry truth. And today's truth is that, let me read it, without vision, ministry perishes. And we all need a vision for our lives. And uh, the thing about vision is it comes from God. And how many of you know that God has a purpose for your life? And so once we know what that vision is, it comes from God, then our life takes on great significance and meaning. And I want to encourage you to ask God, God, what is my life all about? Who are the people you put around me? What are the things you put in my heart? And God, what do you want to do in me and through me? Because that's what brings meaning and purpose to our life. And then don't stop there. Don't just have a dream. Don't have just this idea of something cool. But you've got to drill it down to a daily agenda. You've got to know every day, God, what are you calling me to do today? Because he has a great purpose for you. And that purpose is not just to know him, 
but to make him known. So I hope that you are making him known in your life and, uh, and rely on God and his vision for your life because that's what's going to matter the most in you. All right, let's go get them, guys. Woo! Yeah! All right. Now, I got to um, email that, text it to Dave real quick. Winslick, he's the guy that does all that work. And hopefully wherever he is, he gets this, and he sends it where it needs to go, because I don't have to do that stuff. There we go. Awesome. Thank you. Dave is traveling today, by the way, to Florida for a week, and uh, he's got some fun stuff he's doing down there. All right, so, by the way, this is a great book, and uh, we have the author's wife right here if you want autographs, Judy, yeah. Um, but we do have a couple of these if you're interested in this. Uh, you can ask uh, the welcome desk about it you know, or ask my wife. But I'm really excited to share with you today about a spirit-filled life. And we got this picture of the sailboat, and uh, Megan was up there. She says, we don't want to miss the boat, right? <laughs> I don't even know if she was, she was looking at the picture or not. But, you know, you, you know God has a, 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 a God-breathed existence for you. That, I, that, it's the first time I heard that new song. And I liked, uh, really liked it, and it said uh, something about uh, every borrowed breath, uh, you know, let my life um, do something really cool. <laughs> and it, that's the idea is like, God has breathed life into you, and we want to live that kind of lifestyle. And I was laying in bed this morning, this is often how God speaks to me. It's like I'm laying in bed, and I begin to wake up, and then I just don't want to get out of bed, so I lay there. And then I just start thinking and talking to God, and then he starts to speak to me and stuff like that. This morning as I was doing that, um, I was getting this picture or this concept of there's a lot to do in life, okay? You agree with me? There's a lot to do in life, and here's the, the sentence that God gave me. There's a lot to do in life, but none of it matters, unless it's anointed. And so let me talk about this idea for a second. Unless it is a God-breathed activity, it's really pointless. It's not going to produce everlasting fruit. It's not going to produce fruit in alignment with the purpose that God has for your life. Now, I'm not trying to over-religiousize your life. We need to go to grocery stores, right? We need to pay some bills. We need to do some work. Uh, you know, we need to mow the lawn, but I want, to, I want to just expand your thoughts for a second. Even when you're at the grocery store, you can have a spirit-filled life in that activity. You could be spiritually communing with God, and you could bump into someone, and because you're communing with God, you see a need that he is highlighting to you, and you become the extension of the kingdom of God in life to that person. Anywhere we are, whatever we're doing, we are to be having this God-breathed lifestyle. God is breathing. He's breathing into you and through you, and we're here to touch lives and to, and to let God be the extension of God's hands and his, and his heart and his mouth and his, and his helping hand. You know what I'm saying? So whether you're at school studying as a student or you're at home cleaning the home or you're at work, or you're coaching like I was coaching, or wherever you are and whatever you're doing, we can be living a spirit-filled life. At any moment's notice, God could use us to change somebody else's life forever. At any moment, if we're living a spirit-filled life, then life can happen. No, you have no idea, just in a, in a second, in a moment. Someone's life could be changed because God whispers into your ear, Go touch that person. Pray for this person. Go say hi to them. Smile. Something. And that's the life that God has for us. And so I want to challenge you with that message today. I'm re reminded of uh, John chapter 15 when Jesus is talking about uh, this analogy. And he's an awesome teacher. He is the great teacher, the master teacher. And he uses things that we can understand very easily. And he's talking about a vine and a branch. And he says, I'm the vine and you're the branch. And no one can bear fruit outside of the vine if the branch is broken off or even if it's kinked and the nourishment can't get through. There's no more fruit that's going to come to that branch. You cannot, a branch cannot squeeze fruit out of itself. The branch is not the source. It's the extension of the source. You and I are a branch, right? 
And the vine is Jesus. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branch. You can do nothing apart from me. But through me, that God wants you to have an abundance of fruitfulness in your life. Abundance of fruit. And the fruit will last. Will last. And so your life is to be a fruitful life. Not because you're working really hard. Not because you're, you're doing all these great things. But because you're connected to Jesus. That's it. This is so cool. You don't even have to work hard to be a fruitful person. You just need to be connected to Jesus. You just need to let him flow through you. Sometimes our soul gets in the way. That's our mind. That's our will. That's our emotions. We go through a lot of stuff, and our soul gets clogged. It gets in the way. And so when, when our soul is taking over our consciousness or when our soul is in charge of our moment, then the spirit isn't flowing because our soul is taking hostage, you know, of, of, our, of our moment. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so sometimes we have bad fruit in our lives, don't we? And uh, the idea here is that all fruit is coming from some source, some vine. The, the fruit that you'll see from living in, in reliance upon Jesus will be good fruit, everlasting fruit. It'll make everybody around you better. It'll make you better. It'll be a blessing. There'll be joy, love, peace, these types of things. That's easy to see. But when we have bad fruit, have you ever been driving down the road and, uh, and someone cuts you off? And you're just like, man, oh, how could it? And you just get really angry. Anybody ever have that before? Or, or uh, someone uh, does something or interrupts you, and then you're just, you're just irritated. Or maybe your spouse, uh, you know, is five minutes late, or, or they didn't pick something up, or there's something that you notice, and it just, like, it just kind of has a, like a, an oversized reaction inside of you. You may not, you may contain it a little bit, but on the inside, you're just like roaring, like, and have you ever taken a second to say, whoa, where is that coming from? Have you ever done that before? Thank you for that witness over there. Okay, so two of us have had this experience. This is what I'm thinking for you and for me. <laughs> um, it's our, what happens is, where does that come from? And if you've ever taken a second to ask yourself, where's that coming from? Usually, uh, you'll be able to figure it out. You'll be able to realize that it really wasn't that my spouse was a couple minutes late or that the toilet paper roll is put on the wrong way or, you know, or that that guy just cut me off. It really just, it really just is other stuff that's under the surface that my soul is contending with, right? Maybe there's a problem that you've really been weighing on your mind. Maybe work isn't going so good. Maybe you just got a bad grade on a test. Maybe you had a big exam coming up and there's pressure. Maybe you got a deadline or maybe a big bill came in and you didn't know what was going to happen. Or maybe you're sick and you're not feeling well. And there's these undercurrents going on in our soul. And then something happens and we're just like, Bleh! and their fruit comes out. There's a fruit. It's a bad fruit. It's a fruit of anger, or resentment, or ticked offness, or, you know, or whatever it could be. And it's a bad fruit, but where's that fruit coming from? It's, it's actually coming from somewhere else, isn't it? It's, it's been growing on a vine. It's been growing on a vine of fear or a vine of anger or offense or, or disappointment or loneliness or hurt or some rejection. And that vine could be like just really thin or it could be like one of those monster vines that's been there a long time. And it could have lots of branches. And it could have fruit popping up all over the place. And we're trying to hide those fruits. Pick that fruit off that branch. Pick that out of there. Cover that one up. You know, we're trying, to, we're trying to manage that stuff. But we're not being very successful because this thing keeps popping up different places, right? You ever see a tomato plant? Man, once that thing gets going, these branches are they're popping up. And tomatoes are popping up all over the place. And, and there's a reason, because there's a vine there, and those branches are connected to the vine. So this works uh, both ways. We can be connected to the vine, Jesus, and that, that's going to produce fruit. But when you start seeing fruit that you're not so proud of or you're not so excited about or kind of, you know, it's, it's affecting people in the wrong way, then the, the, the issue is not to deal with that. The issue is to find out where is that vine? Where's the source? You guys with me? 
And so our soul, I'm going back to this idea of the soul, our soul needs to be constantly gardened. We need to be gardening our soul all the time. And what helps garden our soul is the Holy Spirit and good friends and God's word. And we need those things, not because we're trying to be good religious people, but because we want to have an abundant life, right? And so, um, so if you ever want to, if, I don't know, if, if I'm only talking to one other person, that's fine, but, you know, if there's anybody else out here that's always been trying to figure out how do I change these external behaviors and these external reactions and these explosions or these feelings or this, 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 these problems I keep having or these cyclical, you know, these things that keep coming back, uh, maybe every, every week or every month or every six months, and I'm going through this thing again, or there's an addiction you're trying to break, or if there's something on the outside, external, you're trying to, to solve, okay, here's, here's the wisdom from God for you. It's, it's not, don't focus on the outside, focus on the inside. Because when God changes the inside, the fruit, the outside, will automatically change. And if you don't know what, what's going on on the inside, then you have, I have really good news for you today. The Holy Spirit, what we're going to talk about here in a few minutes, the Holy Spirit is the presence of God here in your life to help you figure that out. This is awesome. So you guys ready for the message? Okay. So today, the title of this message is The Purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower us to fulfill the great commandment. But I'm going to talk about more fun things than that. But anyway, that's the title. The, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is not so that we could have charismatic churches. Purpose of the Holy Spirit isn't so that uh, we can speak in tongues. Purpose of the Holy Spirit isn't so that you can have goosebumps or some kind of emotional experience with God. Uh, I'm not against having charismatic churches. I'm not against speaking in tongues. And I'm definitely not against emotional, awesome experiences with God. But that's not the purpose of the Holy Spirit. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower you and I to reach people with the love of God. This is awesome. And there's three ways that God does this. There's three ways that the Holy Spirit fulfills the Great Commission through your life. Not just through the church, not through a building or an organization or this thing called Lamb of God Fellowship or the denomination of these many churches or something like that. No, no. That's not how the world's changed. The world has changed through you. You. You, you, I, me, us, people. One-on-one, -on -one, one conversation, one prayer, one hand squeeze, one hug, one, one prayer at a time. It's people to people. God in people coming out of people to people. That's how people are affected. It's, it's how God designed us to, 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 to be, right? The church. That's the mission of the church. Jesus sent us on this mission. So there's three things that happened uh, when Jesus ascended into heaven. And I was just teaching our Discipleship Academy class uh, last, this last Tuesday and showing some pictures of my trip to Israel. And I was there on the Mount of Olives. And what's so inspiring about the Mount of Olives is that all along the hillside is the stone caskets of believers. Most people think, oh, there's all these, all these Jews are wanting to be buried on the Mount of Olives. No, it's all Christians. It's people who believe that Jesus said what he's, going to, what he's going to do is going to actually happen. And he said he will return. The prophecy is the Messiah will return to the Mount of Olives. His feet will land there, and everybody wants to be buried there, so they're the first ones resurrected from the dead. It's amazing. Thousands and thousands. There's no dirt or grass at all on the Mount of Olives hillside. It's all stone caskets and tombs that are cut into the mountain of people who said, this is my last statement of faith right here. I'm going to lie and rest right here. And the next thing that my body experiences is resurrected, seeing Jesus right there. Boom. Isn't that cool? So what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, ascension. So three things happened at Jesus' ascension. And I was studying this a little bit this week and just reading the different Gospels. And I think there's three things that, that were covered in that final conversation. And one of them was the Great Commission. One of them was in Matthew chapter 28, 
Uh, I'm going to read it for you, verses 18 to 20. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, now, um, before this verse, it says that Jesus went to, this, to the mountain, okay? So uh, there's context there. So he's, I believe he's on the Mount of Olives. He's having this conversation with his disciples, and this is one of the last things that Jesus said. This is one of the things that Jesus was trying to impress upon them. And he said to them, all authority in heaven and on, <clears throat> excuse me, and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, you know, a couple weeks ago I was talking about how uh, being baptized in the name of the Father means that we're welcomed into God's family. Isn't that cool? Baptized in the Son means that we are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone. We have a new identity in him. And baptizing in the name of the Holy Spirit is now we are empowered with the presence and power of God to be Jesus on this earth. The full package. Come on. Uh, and, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we call this the Great Commission. It's as if Jesus has his disciples, and he's like, all right, gentlemen, now I have all of this authority, and now I am giving it to you. If he had a sword, he would have tapped them on the shoulder and commissioned them and said, now go, it's your turn. And that's what he did. And that's the church's calling. This is our calling, to go and do this incredible um, mission, great commission. But the second thing that he did, and we see this in Acts chapter 1, uh, verses 4 and 5 and, and on 8, it says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave, this, gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And later in verse 8, he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and as a result, you will be my witnesses. Okay, so I believe he had all this conversation on the, at the same time. He commissioned his, his disciples, and then he said, now, don't leave Jerusalem until you have the power to do what I'm calling you to do. Isn't that cool? And the third thing that I, I see in the scriptures at the ascension is then Jesus blessed them. And he, he blessed them with the priestly blessing, the blessing I give you guys every Sunday. And it says as he was blessing them, he then ascended into the clouds in front of them. And they're like, wow. And their mouths are dropped open, you know. And then a little angel appears behind them. Maybe not a little angel. But an angel appears behind them. I could just, for my mind, this is how I see it. They're all like, oh, wow. And, and then there's someone there that's not supposed to be there. And they, they say, hey, guys, would you look at it? Whoa. <laughs> wow, what? <laughs> you, know, you guys don't see it that way? Have you ever done that before? Like someone's there that you didn't know was there, and all of a sudden they talk, and you're like, whoa. And then the angel said, what you guys looking at? <laughs> He's going to come back just the way he went up. So here's the idea, the context of the Holy Spirit, okay? This isn't about just a charisma, a charismatic movement, or this isn't just a fad. This isn't just a, this is the founding of the church and the empowering of the church to do what God has called us to do, the Great Commission. And this is every one of us are called to the Great Commission. And we all have different ways and different skills and different experiences and different spheres of influence that God is calling you to do your Great Commission to those people, one at a time. Whatever your influence is, God has put a purpose in you and using you in who you are to affect the people around you to accomplish one thing that everybody would be saved. Everyone would know the love of God, that God is for them, not against them, that God isn't mad at them, that God has come to forgive and reconcile, and God is pursuing us, and he is the truth, he's the way, right? He's the life, and, and God's gonna use you and is using you to communicate that just in amazing ways, and some of it's not even with words, right? It's, some of it's just because of what God is doing in you. Jesus said, let your light shine in such a way that Others will just see your life. They'll just see what you're doing. They'll see the good deeds that are happening that God is doing in your life. Another way of good deeds is good fruit. They'll just see the fruit of your life. 
They may look at you from a distance or maybe a little closer. They'll see joy in your life. They'll see peace. They'll see your, your kindness, your generosity, the things that you do. Maybe someone's driving by and on Friday, uh, Thursday night, they're like, what is going on at that church? Why are these beams of light shooting in the sky? What are they doing? And so someone pulls in. I talked to somebody who I was talking with somebody that, you know, at our Halloween, uh, it was called Light the Night. And I, I said, I don't know how it came up, but the, I was like, hey, nice to meet you. What's your name? Da, da, da. And he says, yeah, we are driving, and I'm, I'm going up north, and we saw the light. And my kid was with me, and he's like, Dad, we got to go check that out. And he's like, oh, man, you know, because he's on an agenda. So he's, oh, he's like, we are like mosquitoes to the light. You know, that's what he told me. We're like mosquitoes to the light. And we had to come here. We just had to come here, see what was going on. And when we came here and we saw what was going on and everything was free and all this, all these, all this activity, I mean, we can, I, I was like, this place is legit. You know, and when people see your life, whether it's from a distant distance or up closer, and they see what God is doing in you, the love he's put in your heart. Jesus said, let your light shine in such a way that others will see your light, your good deeds, your fruit, and they will do what? They will give glory to God. They will see God is good. If God can do this in Tim, <laughs> wow, he must be a pretty good God. You see what I'm saying? So we're all in this together. And so God blessed them. Jesus blessed them and he ascended to heaven. And 10 days later, the Holy Spirit came. The church was born, and the church was given the Holy Spirit, not just to feel good, not just to have better music or something like that, you know, uh, but to have the power to connect and meet the needs of the people just as Jesus did. Everything that Jesus did, every miracle, wasn't because he was God. It was because he was fully human, allowing God, the Holy Spirit, to move through him as a model to us. That's pretty cool. The Bible tells, well, theology, good theology is that Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. But he took his 100% Godness, he set that aside, and he lived as a 100% human to identify 100% with you to take upon himself 100% of your failures and your hurts and your sin. And he relied 100% on the Holy Spirit to do everything that he said and everything that he did. That's what he said. He says, I'm not doing this. I am only saying what the Father tells me to say through the Holy Spirit. I'm only doing what the Father shows me to do through the Holy Spirit. And none of his miracles happened until what? He was baptized in water, and the Holy Spirit came upon him. Okay? So that's why he can tell us in John 14, 12, you will do the same things I have been doing because I'm going to go to the Father, and the Father is going to send the Spirit to you, and you'll do exactly what I was just doing. So don't leave until you get power from on high. Don't leave until you get the gift my Father promised to give each and every one of you, the Holy Spirit. You see, the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower us to be transformed and transformers. Okay? Are we all on the same page now? For sure. Right? We got it? All right, awesome. So there's three ways that, that God does this, and it looks like I'm only going to get to one. Um, so there's three things I'll give them to you right off, off, the, uh, off the top. The Holy Spirit empowers you to fulfill the Great Commission in three ways. And the first one we're going to spend talking about is sanctification, which Dr. Larry did a great job talking about this last week. I want to share some thoughts about that too. Sanctification, uh, we're going to come back to that one. But the other two are he gives us the fruit of the Spirit, which in a sentence is filling me with the character of Jesus. Love, if you know him, same with me. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness or faith, and self-control. These are the fruits of really hard human effort. 
No. Uh-uh. Nope. They are the fruits of the Holy Spirit, which means if the Holy Spirit is in you, you have these fruits. If you are not being patient, it's not because you're not, it's not because you don't have patience, it's because you're living out of your soul, and your soul is ticked off or impatient or has an agenda. And it's got a, your soul, your mind, your your ego, whatever, is like, I, get out of, I gotta hurry up, man. I got stuff I, I, ego, got to do. You know what I'm saying? And so it's, that's, that's, that's impatience. But you're, the Spirit of God in you, you have patience. If you live by the Spirit, you have patience. It's not something you have to learn, it's something you have to tap into. Does that make sense? Okay, so we'll, we'll get into that one another day. But so I am like Jesus. This is awesome. You are like Jesus. The fruits of the Spirit are in you. The character of Jesus is in you. That's the whole point. I'm a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things have become new. Now, when I learn to live like Jesus and tap into that, that's when things get really exciting for the people around you. Okay? The other way that the Holy Spirit does it is he gives us the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are those powerful things that they're not, they're not natural. They're gifts like a word of wisdom for someone, a word of knowledge for someone, uh, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, miracles, faith, healings. These miracles we read about in, in the book of Acts that came through the apostles and the early believers, and we read all these stories, that is for today. And, and so now, not just that I have the character of Jesus through the, through the fruits of the Spirit, but now I am empowered with the ministry of Jesus. Empowered to do what Jesus did. So now I'm like him in my spirit, and I'm empowered to do what he did. Didn't he say that? You continue to do what I have been doing. You, you will lay your hands on the sick, and they will recover. They will be healed in my name, in my nature, in my character. That's who you are now. Isn't that exciting? Yes, it is. It's okay. I can talk to myself, too. I, I do that all the time. It's all right. We were talking last night. Uh, some of the guys were having some pizza together, and someone said, you got to put 10,000 hours into something to become an expert at something. And I was like, I wonder if I, I, wonder if I preached enough messages to, you know, because I heard something like that a long time ago, too. I couldn't remember how many thousands it was. And then I said, well, I wonder if it counts all the sermons I preached to myself. <laughs> in the shower, laying on the bed, driving the car, because I preach a whole lot more sermons than you've heard, trust me. I'm preaching to myself all the time, trying to get myself straightened out, you know, and that's what we all need to do, right? We all need to keep trying to uh, let God's Word dwell in us richly and helping us, because God is with us everywhere we go. Okay, let's just take a couple minutes, though, to look at this really cool idea that the Holy Spirit has come to help sanctify us in other words, transforming me into the image of Jesus. So we look at three things here real quick. The first thing is that it, he's called the Holy Spirit. Holy, holy. That's his name, and that's what he does. In the Bible, whenever you have a name, it's because that's the nature of, of that, that person. So Jesus, Yeshua, his name means the Lord saves, and that's what he does. Come on. Yeshua in Hebrew, the Lord saves. Call out on his name. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved because that's what he does. That's who he is. He's a savior. Now the Holy Spirit, that's what he does. He holifies. I just made that up. I don't think anybody understood what I said. He makes us holy. What does that mean? Uh, holy simply means this, that you are super important. You have a sacred purpose. You are not common. You're not ordinary. You're not meant for ordinary things. You're not to be treated uh, ordinary, and you aren't to treat yourself as ordinary. You have been handpicked and handcrafted by God himself for a sacred life, a sacred, set-apart, dedicated life to his purpose. That's who you are. That's what holy means. And so the Holy Spirit comes along 
and he spends your whole life trying to convince you that that's who you are. You're special. You're a treasured possession. You're picked by God. You're handcrafted by him. You're not ordinary. No matter what anybody else says to you or what you've been saying to yourself, that's not true. This is what's true. God loves you. He's for you. He's handpicked you, handcrafted you. You've got a special purpose. You are holy. You're set apart. Your life matters. Your life is sacred. This is a holy place. Why? Because it is a sacred, set-apart time right here for the body of Christ to gather together, to honor God. This is a holy place. This is a holy day. The Sabbath, in a sense, in the American Sabbath is Sunday. You know, I'm not hung up on Saturday or Sunday. This is the time in our culture that we designate as holy. It's separate. It's sacred. It's special. We don't treat it as common, ordinary, and ho-hum, and apathetic, and lethargic. We come in here knowing this is a special place. This is a special time. It's sacred. God's meeting us here. He's going to do something here. This is special. This is important. We come here ready to go. We come here ready to meet God. This is a holy place, a holy time. You're a holy people. You have been called out of the ho-hum, mum-drum, whatever lifestyle. You've been called out of a kingdom of darkness, grafted into, called into the kingdom of light. You are a holy people. We have a sacred purpose. We don't just have individual visions and purposes. We have a holy corporate calling as the Lamb of God Fellowship and as the church at large throughout this world. This is a holy people. Do you see what I'm saying? A holy God. Our God is not ordinary. He is not common. He is, he, he is beyond our comprehension. He is sacred. He is separate. He is holy. There's no one like him. And all day long, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the angels in heaven are constantly singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I think because God is infinitely holy and cool and awesome and beyond understanding, that as he's there and as they're contemplating him, as the, have you ever been like totally impressed by something and you have a reaction like, whoa! I think the angel's like, holy! And by the time they're halfway through the word, they see another thing that blows them away. Holy, 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 whoa! I think they're constantly being blown away by the awesomeness of God. And so he's pretty awesome. But you're awesome because he's called you and he's chosen you and he's picked you. So the Holy Spirit is trying to convince you of who you already are. That's what sanctification is. It's not this religious process of stop doing that. No, no, no. Bad, bad, bad. Shame on you. Start doing this. Do more, do more, do more. Work harder. Come on. That's not sanctification. That's religion. Sanctification means to be holy, to trust and believe in who God says he is and who he is in you and in me. So the Holy Spirit comes to try to convince us this is who we are. So this is how I hear, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit when I'm, when I'm temporarily insane and being an idiot and sinning. It's more like this. Not shame on you, you dirty little rascal, you, you know, no, 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 no. It's, that's not who you are. What are you doing? That's not who you are. The sin's already forgiven. God's not mad. He's already paid for your redemption. The Holy Spirit's like, that's not who you are. You're not an alcoholic, you know. You had a whole list of shame, you know, rejected, child, uh, fatherless, da, 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 and the Holy Spirit somehow comes along and says, nope, it's not who you are. No, you are a daughter of the king, right? You are forgiven. There's no more shame. There's no condemnation in your life. You are a princess, you know. You're handpicked by God. I love you. You belong to me. I got you. Let's go. And the Holy Spirit, that's what the Holy Spirit does. So listen to him. Agree with them. Hebrews 10, 14 says, For by one sacrifice, Jesus, 
has made perfect forever. How many of you are glad you've been made perfect forever through Jesus? Okay, this is talking about your righteousness. You're standing standing before God. There's nothing more that can be done. You are made perfect. Your sins are forgiven. So let's stop living in those sins. All right? For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are figuring it out. Those who are being made holy. There's still a process of me catching up to the reality of who I am. When I was six years old and gave my life to Jesus, how many of you think I, I had a few things to still learn, right, about, about who I am in Christ now? And so do you. And to be made holy is to learn who we really are in Christ. And the more we learn who we are in Christ, the more holy we become. We're like, oh, that's not who I am? I don't have to feel that shame anymore? Sweet! I'm forgiven. And I became more like Jesus and it changed my life. And what, how does that have anything to do with this great commission business I'm talking about? Well, because now my life has changed. People see that I'm not full of shame and guilt and beaten down and hanging my head. God has changed me. How, how am I going to be a transforming agent if I'm not transformed first? God comes to transform us. Isn't this awesome? I just wanted to let you know that, but there's more than just being transformed. That's what I'm talking about. We need to be transformed, and that's what the Holy Spirit does, and he's constantly working on us, but let's, let's, get, let's get that rolling so that we can also be used by God to be a transformer agent in our world, okay? But it's not just for me to have a really awesome personal relationship with God, to have all this tight intimacy with him, and to have my own little private you know, religion experience or something, it is for a purpose. Of course it's for me, but it doesn't stop there. It's to be like a river flowing out of me, a river of life flowing out of me. All right? So sanctification is me coming in alignment with God. And uh, there's a couple other, uh, other things there. I'll give you a couple of scriptures. Uh, it says here in John 17, 17, Jesus is talking, and he says, he's praying to the Father, and he says, sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth. In John 16, 13, he's talking about truth again, but now he's talking about the Spirit, and he says, when he, the Spirit of truth, comes. So he's the Holy Spirit, but Jesus calls him the Spirit of truth. And when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. This is exactly how we are made holy. When we see the truth, and the Holy Spirit reveals the truth to us, and maybe it's this vine stuff I was talking about at the beginning of the service, and we got some bad fruit. And we're like, where in the world is this coming from? Why am I so mad? Why am I so depressed? Why am I so lonely? Why do I keep doing this to people? Why am I rejecting people? Why am I saying these things? What's wrong with me? And if we turn that conversation to the Holy Spirit, this is his job. It's exactly what he's come to do. If we say, Holy Spirit, what's going on in me? Where is this? He will lead you into all truth. And he'll go, all right, great. I'm glad you asked drill right down into the the soil of your soul like dr larry said last week we're just a bunch of dirt and there's stuff that grows in that dirt and some of it's good and some of it's not so good and the holy spirit will help you and the holy spirit will help people help you and he will reveal the word of god to help you okay so these are the things that we need to understand the tools the gardening tools that god has given us to pull out weeds and to plant good seed, it's his spirit, it's his word, and it's one another. Okay? And so here's what I want to encourage you with, because uh, we're kind of out of time this morning, but here's what I want to encourage you with. If there's something that has been nagging in your life, some kind of a, you know, a fruit thing that's, that's, you know what I'm talking about, that stuff there, here's what I want to ask you to do. Three things. I want you to start to read the word of God And find anything and everything that you can about anything related to what you're feeling or going through. Okay? Because the Word is truth. It's eternal. And the Word saves us. James says, humbly accept the Word planted in you, which can, does anybody know? Save you. The Word can save us. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He leads us into all truth. And Jesus said, when you get the truth, the truth does what? It sets you free. It saves you. It sets you free. It pulls the roots out. 
And here's the third one, and you need to have this in your life. You absolutely have to have this. You have to have this. This is kind of our, our thing from yesterday. Ministry is not a Lone Ranger. Uh, you, can't, you, you have a team. You have people. And here's how God does things. He uses his spirit. He uses his word. And he uses the counsel of trusted friends and professionals that can help you figure out where this is coming from. That's what our Celebrate Recovery does. Get a chance in a safe place to talk, talk about real stuff. Like, you're safe. Some of you are in life groups where you have that blessing too, where you know you're comfortable enough to talk about anything. And you can be real. And that's what we want. But not everybody wants that. But that's what I want for our church because I know we need that. But the reason we don't want it is because we're afraid, you know, of what people will say or think. And our soul gets in the way. My soul would say stuff like this. Don't tell anybody that. They'll think this of you. Or you'll be embarrassed. Or uh, my pride will get in the way. My soul's getting in the way, but the Spirit of God wants, wants me to reach out to people to get that help. Do you see what I'm saying? So here's the, here's the, here's the deal. Jesus says, or not Jesus, but um, the Bible says in James, just do it. Right? It's not Nike didn't come up with that. God came up with that. So you, you, can't just, as Bible says, you can't just hear the word, listen to the word, and then go away and don't do anything about it. It doesn't do you any good. It's like a, a looking in the mirror and looking at yourself and going away and forgetting what you look like. This is, it's just it's pointless. So the Bible says, do what it says. Don't just listen today, but go and do something about it, okay? So if there's something in you that you know the Holy Spirit is, is uh, witnessing to you, then I'm asking you to do something about it so that you can be free, you can be a little bit more like Jesus, and, and you can begin to be a little bit more of a transformer because God has transformed your life. Your light shines a little cleaner and brighter because you wipe some of the dirt off the, the, the lens or whatever, the beam, you know? And that's what I, I want to see this church be, is that beam uh, in, the, in the spiritual realm. I don't know, if, how many of you saw the lights that were here? On, anybody see it? Wasn't that amazing? Especially when it starts snowing, snowing. And we had these beams and the four of them, they're like swirling around in the darkness. It doesn't matter how much darkness you have. If you have a light, the light always, always overcomes the darkness. The light overcomes the darkness. May God so bless us with a heart for him. May his spirit work in us so deeply, a work that creates an identity in Christ in us. May he heal our hurts and our wounds in such a way that we have the grace of God evident, dripping upon us, that this world would see a little bit more of Jesus in us. That there would be beams of light shining out of this place as we go into our day today, as we go into this week, and some of us are students in, in high school, some of us are teachers, some of us are working in different places, some of us are gonna be grocery shopping a lot or sweeping the floors or something. Some of us will be coaching. Some of us will be raising our babies. But wherever we are, may the Lord do these things in us in such a powerful way that our light just begins to shine. It begins to not just transform us, but transform the people around us. May God give us a vision for the lost right around us in our neighborhoods, in our families, in our circles of influence, at school or at our jobs or in our neighborhoods. May God do such a great work in us May the light shine upon us in such a way that others will see you, Lord, and they will give glory to God, that lives will be changed, that our sacred, holy purpose in life, Lord, will be fulfilled. God, I just pray fresh touch on each one here this morning. Lord, the, the soul part of life is so heavy, so many troubles. So many challenges. I know as I look at my brothers and sisters, I know some of those stories right now that are just so difficult. God, I just pray for your presence right now to encourage each one of us. Holy Spirit, come and comfort us and strengthen us and empower us to first and foremost, Lord, 
experience you and know you and be transformed by you. Lord, I pray a blessing of life on each one here. Life that's flowing, energizing, encouraging, building up each one right now, Lord. Touch us, touch us, that we would leave this place strengthened, encouraged, filled with hope and joy in the Holy Spirit. Thank you for forgiving us of our sins. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit to us to help us learn who we are. May our eyes be enlightened. May we see. May our minds be renewed. May we understand the love of God, the height, the depth, the width, the strength, the eternal love of God. Thank you, Lord. May we leave this place loved. May we leave this place feeling your peace, feeling that you are with us in all that we are doing and everywhere we are going, that you're for us, you're not against us. Thank you, Lord. God, now I pray for this morning, just anyone here that was, was feeling or relating to some of this bad fruit stuff, and God, I, I just pray right now that you will cut off and expose and dig up the source of those, those bad fruits, whether it's an insecurity, a fear, a hurt from the past, whether it's some cursed, words cursed over us, whether it was something that happened to us, whether it was an offense, or whether we're, we're just dealing with some emotions because of some toughness in life. God, wherever the source is, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would just reveal that to us, and then you would draw our attention to your word and draw our courage to reach out to someone that we trust, that knows you, that can be used by you to encourage us and counsel us and help us and help us, support us. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Would you stand with me, please, as we close our service? I'm sorry I went a couple minutes over, but I'm not really sorry. I'm, we try. It's a great morning. Great morning. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Lord, for being here. We celebrate your goodness, God. Celebrate what you're doing in, the, in people. Uh, it's great to have some of our college kids here worshiping with us this morning. Great to have them back. Uh, big Tony over there at the door. He's turning 50 this week. Give him a big high five on the way out the door. Thank you, Lord. And uh, let's be encouraging each other. Let's be strengthening each other. Let's be praying for each other. Uh, it's, it's, life is difficult, but God is in us. He's with us. He's for us, right? If God is for us, who can be against us? So let's be strengthened today as we go. Let's be a blessing. Let's be a fount of blessing, okay? Let me bless you as Jesus blessed his disciples with this great blessing of God, that God would pour out his blessing upon you and your family and sustain you and strengthen you and give you everything that you need this day and this week for, for life and for godliness. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you and the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you and pour out to you his peace, his shalom, his healing, his provision, his encouragement, his inspiration, his spirit of revelation that you might know him more. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless